So happy for New context, Year, everyone. About, yeah, Happy New Year. This is boring stuff. Let's get to the actual interesting conversation that I care about. Happy New Year. Content thing ticked. So we were just just touched on uh, chat on Chat GPT and how we are both like I I've been playing with it recently and I've been like oh this is intriguing and Danny just dropped the bombshell of yeah I've been playing with it and I don't like it. Context given. Yeah. Uh, I don't like it because, I mean, its main limitation is the source that it can pick from. Like, it's limited in what it can say, and then it can say stuff that's false. And I'm in the process of doing a video, or I'm writing a script of an essay video, video essay, um, about fake news and note-taking and communication. And the way I see ChatGPT is it is just like shallow creators, shallow mm. journalists anyone that does anything that doesn't look at sources doesn't look at research and doesn't have an evidence base behind what they say because chat gpt's evidence base is the majority of the internet but the majority of the internet are not evidence-based which means what it's telling me oftentimes is uh not necessarily wrong but oversimplified uh, mm. assumes bias always just made up so for the surface level broad overview of stuff i'm like yeah cool great when it like for brainstorming things but to actually write something like the human element of writing it's so limiting and so frustrating because i'm trying to use it as a tool for research but it's not working like the the best the best i can get at the moment is brainstorming topics but I don't need any effing help with brainstorming questions. I've got hundreds of them already. Why do I need something to tell me more? <laughs> like, I, I want it to try and help me, not not make it harder for me to narrow down the, the narrative or story I'm trying to share. Which I understand, yes, that's part of research. But it's just frustrating. I'm like, I, I want to tie off some ends, not open up more. So I can't see... For someone that researches a lot, for someone inside mm. the research a lot, ChatGPT doesn't help me. But no. for people getting into it, I can understand how they can use it as a brainstorming tool. Explain paper is much more useful. Cool. Yeah, that was that's a good a, so good. I love explain paper. Yeah. I can't wait to chuck some of the stuff, like chuck the book that I'm reading now in there and see what I pull out and see what he mentions that it makes some more connections. I'm <clears throat> I agree. And <laughs> I agree with what you're saying about how it's not enough on its own. And I think the way that I see ChatGPT and like the whole GPT ecosystem, like the AI ecosystem, is it's very much like it's like templates. It's very much like a more advanced template. You see these Twitter things that come up all the time where it's like the five ways of doing this, et cetera, et cetera. And <clears throat> it's fine. But it needs that human input and it needs more than just it it needs more. It cannot just be used verbatim. I have been playing with it a lot, and I think it it's the way that I view it is it's a way to get over that starting hump in a project. It's like I don't know where to start. I need to create, for example, in in the business world, I need to create a sales page for this product. This is the product. And if used well with the correct prompts which turn the ai into other things it has a good starting point 
just to get you moving, which I think is what you're kind of saying as well. But once you're in it and you're in it, it becomes oversimplified and annoying and not really helpful. The problem I see is that AI doesn't understand the meaning behind the words it's making sentences with. Yeah. It, it just sees, oh, there is a connection there because lots of people have used this word after this word, so we're going to put it together. And I'm not going to spoil it because I'm doing a video essay on it and I'm like, I'm I'm loving research, by the way. Uh, I, I'm diving deep. And I found a couple of papers that um, there's some AI analysts that are looking at how ChatGPT is actually creating these sentences. And it's racist. ChatGPT yeah. is racist. It's inherently racist. It's inherently biased towards the majority of society on the internet because that's the data that it's using. So it will associate words together that modern people will go, no, no, that's yeah. not true. No, that's not right. That's from like the 1940s, 30s, because it's well out of date, but it's still views that people are talking about. And I, I mean, I, I asked ChatGPT a very simple question about driving examining, because that's what my dad does. And it just completely got it wrong. <laughs> and it's because the data that it was using was from, because I assume it doesn't have governmental data from the UK, like the private data that drive-in examiners use because it was using data from like 2000 and 2005. And you're like, no, that's way out of date. And it was calling, so this could sound technical, but a maneuver, right? Inside of driving, what what is a maneuver? And it was saying that indicating is a maneuver. No, it's not. Like when, when you do your test in the UK, a maneuver is like a, a reverse park or a turn in the road, something like that. But indicating as a maneuver, what? Steering as a maneuver? No. Answering uh, answering the questions at the beginning of the test apparently is a maneuver, but it's not a maneuver at all. It's related to the examination, but it has nothing to do with a maneuver. So the meaning behind the word maneuver is completely lost, and it's just thrown in these other things that it knows is related to a test, which has nothing to do with the question that we asked it. So yeah, I so ChatGPT doesn't have any meanings behind words. It's like, oh, here's connections. Let's bung it together. It's just like the backlinks and outgoing links of Obsidian, Rome Research, and all the connection apps. It's like, oh, look, these words appear in the same place. Let me show you this. So what? What's the connection? You, you're not telling me anything that I don't already know or is wrong to start with, which leads me to there's conspiracy theories in here as well. So I'm going to leave those out. No, 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 no. We're starting the year. Let's go conspiracy okay, theories. Okay, let's go. We'll, we'll, let's we'll go real deep. Pinfoil hat. Let's go. So a bit of background story. For those that aren't familiar, Chinese symbols on a QWERTY keyboard is kind of difficult because there's loads of symbols you can create. And the way they type is they have something that auto generates a suggestion. Right. It's like um, predictive text. So they push on a symbol and then it comes up with a, an option of other parts of the symbol to add to create whatever it is they're typing. They can type really, really fast because symbols in Chinese obviously is more than just a letter inside of the normal language or traditional language. I don't want to say normal. Um, so they have predictive text inside of their Chinese writing and predictive text inherently is IA driven, uh, AI driven because it needs to look at what's going on and predict what you want to say. The way the Chinese um, 
text creation um, is going is using cloud-based, i.e. AI cloud-based to suggest what it is that you want to type next. So if, for example, a celebrity is really popular in the news, the AI cloud will go, hey, this is really popular in the news. Do you want to type this word? That sounds useful. But what if AI is finding something that's false news or is suggesting Ooh. something that isn't true, such as anything racist, anything prejudiced, anything that the government want to push, because obviously they're using cloud-based. So conspiracy theories obviously fly around that, but it does bring in the question, okay, if you've got AI predicting or AI suggesting what you should type, AI suggestion, chat GPT, then how much of it is your thought? How much of it is your process and how much of it is biased towards what AI is suggesting? And then you, may, you could ask the question, valid question of, okay, what is AI writing? What is human writing? And if you are writing with AI, is it yours? And if it is yours, then are, your, are, are you now believing what AI is suggesting? Do you now mm. have that belief system? Do you now have those values and morals? If so, which people that aren't critical enough will just go, yeah, that's true, because that's how politics works. Politics, they just spout loads of stuff. It's called fire hosing, spout loads of words at you, confuse you. You're like, oh, I don't know. And then every once in a while, you're like, oh, that sounds about right. I'll, I'll just follow you because I can't be asked to do all the research of politics. I don't know how economics works. I'll just follow this person because it sort of works. So you follow that person and then that person does something. You're like, no, that's not right. And then you go to the next politician or the next person that you believe in. Whatever, okay. But AI can be that person, that guru that you're following, which is pretty dangerous. Yeah, I, there is definitely... <clears throat> one of the things that I'm finding really helpful is I take what they have and then I'm like, okay, where where am I in it? What do I think? It, it's not a... And my suspicion is many people as they're first starting to use it is doing exactly what you're doing yourself of like what you were suggesting of like that is going in and taking it on face value, which is incredibly dangerous, which is incredible to say, don't do it. It, it. It's risky. If you can't be critical of the information that you're taking from chat GPT or any of the tools, don't use them. Don't use them. Do not use them. So is that a warning label that should be put out? I think it sort of is. It already has that on there. When you look and load it up, and I don't think I have it up right now. Because when you think about warning labels, and when you think about suggestions to what people should and shouldn't do, uh, the easiest thing that we can go to that isn't AI is fact-checking. How do you fact-check? We have people, millions of people, that know they should, but don't. Yeah. You can spread fact-checking and make sure you have sources, all this, that, and the other. And it's kind of ironic. I've watched videos on YouTube to try and understand people's perspective on fact-checking. None, and I say none, of the fact-checking videos have sources in the description to fact-check what they're talking about. So they add in, there's a paper, there's science, there was a suggestion, there was a story, but there's no sources to fact-check it. And I'm like, you're talking about fact-checking and you don't give me the effing sources for me to fact-check what it is that you're saying. You are literally doing exactly what you're telling people not to do. 
and it's driving me mad. This is something that I actually, I'm not sure whether you're still subscribed to my newsletter because I sent a newsletter that was like, hey, you know, Maslow's Pyramid. <laughs> and people's reply was like, oh, oh, wow. Yeah, I knew something felt a bit iffy about the pyramid, but I never understood what. I'm like, then why didn't you, why didn't you look? If you're not, like for me, it's really hard when I hear that and I'm like, I'm so glad I revealed that to you and helped you to like process this in a different way or give a different perspective. But I still sourced. I went direct to his original paper and screenshotted the source and linked to the, to the DOI because that just makes sense. That that's just referencing. makes sense. You reference the darn stuff you're taking it from because I'm making quite a, well, I'm not making a bold claim, but in the world of business, Maslow's pyramid is like, marketing heaven and everyone bows down to it but Matthew never bloody made the damn pyramid he made it out of arbitrary numbers which is so funny and yet the world takes it as fact and I'm like no and and there are some beautiful sections in that he's talking about and it's not like one then two then three then four it's a little bit of this one and you always and then once you change the percentages and he says this I don't have the exact quote on me sign up to my newsletter to get it <laughs> um they have he, he explains in the paper how it's you're not just 100% of this then you get the next percentage of something else it's both they are dynamic and i'm just like well duh <laughs> right uh -oh. propaganda is it's is propaganda now the the reason i bring that word up is every time i look at content I ask my like having like doing this video. I'm like, every time I look at content, I'm thinking to myself, "Is this propaganda?" And yeah. I haven't I haven't come back and said no yet, <laughs> because everyone is subjective. Everyone leaves their opinion, and oftentimes the opinion, whether it's um, leaning one way, leaning the other, or fairly neutral, it has an agenda. The opinion has an agenda, whether that is to share that point of education, because the education might not be right. It just might be their point of view. Yes, there could be loads of evidence. Like I'm thinking about the flat, flat earth stuff here. Like there is tons of evidence to say that it's not a flat earth. But for whatever reason, people use different styles of evidence, which I would class as poor quality. But anyway, um, to share their narrative. So both sides of those people, whether you believe it's flat earth or not, it's propaganda. Every bit of content is propaganda for the agenda that you're doing, which means, okay, we need to now navigate propaganda. Oh, wait, propaganda is everything on social media. Oh, God, yeah. And when you think about that, so this is an analogy I've had in my head. If, if you go onto social media, it's literally like a natural battleground. You know, you know, in the world where animals are going around like trying to fight to be the winner, that's what social media is. Social media is yes. a battleground that you're fighting against all the other people for, unless you go into the arena <laughs> um, with a different goal. And to not win or beat or succeed, but to understand. Understand the propaganda, understand the fights and battles people are having, and then pull it apart. People don't like pulling it, like you pulling stuff apart because it makes them think about things and like, oh no, 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 that, that's too deep or that's scary or I don't understand this thing. Philosophy. No one understands philosophy. That's the point of philosophy. 
But these sorts yeah. of questions are they happen everyone has these questions. And when you discuss it, most people have something to say, but they haven't thought about it. So the conversation ends pretty quickly. Mm. Yeah. Why can't we have those conversations more? Yeah, they're more interesting as well. I do enjoy them. They are much more interesting and you can actually get real. How do you bring that onto the internet? Because that's the question. I think it's already on the internet. How do you find it? Just ask questions and you'll find people that are also asking questions. The where where like I've I've done a lot of thinking about this over the last week or so from scripting this video. So where I'm falling back to is education and youth education and the mentality they have towards information. Previously, when you look at education, education was to help people in factories do this thing. This is how you work. Fine. Moving forwards, it starts to evolve to, okay, we need to teach lots of different things. We need to include drama and humanities and some social sciences. And then PSHEEE came in, which is it's stupid. It's like a, a it was PSHE and then they added an E and then they added another E and then they changed it to PSSHEE and then they changed it to just PSH. And then two E's, but the last E kind of like encompasses four different topics. Basically, it's social science. (laughs) It's basically what it is. Like, that's where you do the, this is in the UK system anyway. That's where like the sex ed comes in, the counselling stuff comes in, the health and social sciences and and mental health. And all all those sort of social conversations that everyone has with either their parents or teachers or with other people happens in that subject or that topic, which is delivered by the tutor most of the time, which doesn't have expertise in socialization or social sciences in general. Um, Like for example, mine was a physics teacher. Yeah, he did complete opposite. It's so put to the side, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's one thing you do once a week. Yeah, it's something that my my kids came, because they were doing that thing. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Pishy. They were doing it and, and, and it was talking about I think it, oh, I can't remember exactly what it was, but they were talking about like um, I think it was motivation, and I'm like, hmm, okay, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> oh yeah, being selfish is bad. That was what it was. Completely opposite. It's like selfishness is bad. It's wrong to be selfish. I'm like, no. <laughs> You need to be selfish in a world like this. No, 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 no. That's really dangerous. And they are teaching children that. And I'm just like, no, no. You need to have an aspect of selfishness. Selfishness does not mean a lack of empathy. Empathy, you can be empathic. I don't know. You can have empathy and be still be selfish. And and that is the thing that I find really hard. Of like, And this is where I got to. Education at the moment is building, like, they build their ideals around mm. right and wrong, around black and white, and they try and avoid the grey because teachers don't have the time, capacity, effort, no, energy to teach not. the grey, which is totally understandable. So where in the effing place do they find the grey? Because the grey is the way the world works. If school isn't teaching them and parents, sorry, don't have the time, effort, energy or understanding in a lot of cases to teach this stuff, 
Where do they find out? The internet. Oh, what's the internet? Propaganda. Cycle round for the problem. Yeah. Is AI going to solve that? Yeah. No. And yeah, I think that's really interesting because that's something that I've been, as I am learning more, like one, I know how little I know. Love that. Um, and getting to learn that, even just that piece of like, I love that, but I also absolutely hate that because of how the education system has been built. Like there is, you must learn this amount of stuff. And and it's so... Ah. I don't like the system and the way it was built does exactly what it was built to do. And it does a really yes. good job at it. Unfortunately, we don't need that. <laughs> no, we need and completely the, not completely the opposite, but we need more. We, we, yeah, we we could we need a lot of things to change, which is going to take a lot of time because a lot of people are old and can't be bothered because it takes effort to change and people don't like change, blah, blah, blah. But the, the problem that I have with the current system is the maintenance. Yes, I understand like a system is going to be somewhat stable because it's hard to change it or you can't suddenly just go, hey, we're going to get rid of standardized testing completely because that changes like the entire system it takes time to prepare that plan that how do you then change the curriculums the classrooms blah 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 but the maintenance of teachers why are we still teaching stuff that's been outdated for 30 plus years learning styles fuck off <laughs> like it's a myth or philosophy and psychology or social sciences and are not as important sorry fuck off yes i'm swearing because it's just annoying i I read some of the um, government guidelines for teacher education. This is like way down in documents. It might be outdated, but the government suck at sharing stuff. They just give you like random documents from all over the place. You're like, how do I find anyway? Um, and it was saying that basically it gave a, a hierarchy of important subjects, which relates to what um, Rishi Sunak is talking about at the moment, right? Maths, English, and science are at the top, right? And then you've got all the humanities underneath it and then the physical stuff underneath it. Social science is like way down the bottom. But the maths is at the top. And then English is just underneath it. And the reason maths is at the top is because everyone needs to know maths. And Richard Sunak is saying we need to have maths not stop at 16, but stop at 18. And when you look at the curriculum for maths, most of it we don't need to do. <laughs> we don't need to do maths for longer. We need to do maths that we actually use learning circle theorems and Pythagoras's theorem and how to do differential equations. No one cares. No one uses unless they do math in their profession. The math that people struggle with is not doing differential equations. The math people struggle with is, okay, I'm buying this thing, but I only have this much money. How much money am I going to have left? That's mm. literally like addition and subtraction in some, in some cases, multiplication, but that is algebra. If I buy three of these things that are worth this much and I have this much money, how much is left? That's the nasty people struggle and, and the way algebra is taught, I don't know whether it's changed. Um, Aiden hasn't started that yet because he's only in. <laughs> but, um, he should have, though. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Algebra, algebra is difficult. Is... No, it's not. It is how it's taught. Which, which means algebra isn't difficult. Algebra, the mm. subject, isn't difficult. It's simple to start with. It's just like obsidian. It's simple to start with. If you've got three apples, you've got three pounds. How much is an apple? One. Everyone figures that out. Like You figure that out when you're buying sweets at a shop at like five. I want 10 sweets. Oh, they're two pounds each. Oh, okay, I can only get 
five, two, however many. You figure that out. That is algebra. Why do we mm. have to wait until they're like 14 before we start teaching algebra? It's the algebra it's inside differential it's equations. It's just thrown on you. It's like, here is a thing that you never a, a, e, figure out X when A equals something. It's like, why? This doesn't make sense. Why do I care? And then you've got finance. None of that is taught. And that is so needed, so badly needed. I wish I knew all of this when I first started. I had to figure it out myself. And had to, and misinformation, propaganda on the internet. There you go. Lovely, great. Figuring out how to figure out how to run a business, for example, like the money part of that and what that has to look like. And it's, there is, if you look at the business side of it, there is so much propaganda of like, oh, earn 10K, have 10K months. 10K months is your first goal, then 100K. And I'm just like, it wasn't until very recently that I'm like, okay, well, what do I actually need? Well, how do I figure out what I actually need? I don't even know where to start with that. And that's not taught. And it's not, and, and also there is a need. I mean, myself, I struggle with maths. I've always found like maths hard for me. And so it was having to figure out a way that fits my brain. And I wish they would teach that in schools. Like, but. <sighs> so, so the problem there is teacher education sucks. Um, it just does. And I'm not saying that for the UK. I'm just saying in general, it sucks. Mm. And, mm -hmm. and the, the way that I can say that comfortably is when I look at the teacher education, there is so much that is missed that is learnt after the formal education finishes because they learn on the job they learn through experience but could they be taught that during their education hell yes it's just not on the curriculum Ugh. um and then you said way it suits me or way it suits my brain same same difference it's um, the same thing uh, yeah so, uh clarity for people listening <laughs> um the that is something that you have to figure out because no one else knows how your brain works or how you think you need to figure that out. But if you're not taught how to figure that out, then you're lost. And there's a, there's an example uh, teacher that I found uh, browsing around. There's, there was a video with like 50 views and I was like, this is amazing. This should have more views. And I realized that it's just like really niche. Um, this is teacher using an AI robot, right? The AI robot, like it rolls into the classroom and it reads the script of the lesson. So it does, the, the AI bot does the lesson and answers questions that students have. And the teacher then goes around the class and speaks with individuals about how they are developing through whatever it is. Kind of like the AI is the teacher and the teacher is the teacher assistant because the teacher assistant is actually teaching more than the teacher, um, which I find amusing because the teacher gets more money. Yet the teaching system most of the time actually does more teaching. Uh, yeah, <laughs> one of those side things. And I was looking at that and thinking, Okay, so how can we scale that up? Because essentially, they, they did some interviews with the students afterwards, essentially a bot or a course or an ever long video multimedia piece of content is running the lesson. And then the students have their own questions and the teacher helps them with their questions. So the teacher is teaching them to learn. And what I found amazing, which I was like, yes, glad someone's done it, is he asked them questions and he didn't ask them to just answer them. He asked them to find out the answer to them. So they could use their phone. They could use their iPad. They weren't restricted on equipment. 
just like the real world. And I was like, yes, get in there. And a lot of people don't like the idea of open book exams and open book tests, but that's the real world. You're not tested what's in your head. You're tested in your ability to use the tools you have, AI included, to find an answer to the problem that you have. If you don't have it in your head, tough. Most people don't have it in their head. They have it in their second brain, uh, in their note system, in their notes apps, in Google, in AI. And no one's anywhere. teaching that either. Exactly. Because it's all based the on, the, on the assumption that our brains are computers and our hard drives, which is not entirely true which is where I go on a little rabbit hole because I get very excited about that one. And that, that is paper? the big... Huh? Have you read that paper? It's on my... It, it, to be perfectly frank, it's in um, Explain Paper because it's so <laughs> dense. Yes. But I love it. Okay. But yeah, so that's... To answer the question that we were, uh, were getting at, how, how do we teach that in schools? I think that's how. I think we give them questions... And then ask them to figure out the answer to them. Because yeah. it teaches them to learn themselves. And then if they um, get, yeah, I was going to say, and then, just and then reminded, they get stuck. It just reminded me of like how I do things with the kids. They have, um, I can say it because there's no device. I, they have an Alexa. Sorry for everybody who got triggered then. Um, like they have one in their room. And my little boy is always asking it questions. He's listening to an audiobook. There's a word he doesn't understand because I can see, obviously, I can see his activity log. Um, and he goes, what does this word mean? And then they explain the word. And like, it means he comes up with so much and he's already looking out for that. And the thing that I worry most about the school and education system is him losing that, that, that. Conspiracy theory to... question. Huh? Yeah, go on. Conspiracy theory question. Oh, yes. Alexa. Yes. What if the answers it gives are biased? Yeah. True. Which they are. Yes. <laughs> how, how do you how do you help with that? It is once again which it sucks from a parent's perspective, but it is asking them. And, and I do actually question when he says something, because I'm noticing some things that he says, like assumptions that he's made. And it is down to us as parents to question those assumptions. However, however, I understand or help him to question his assumptions, maybe like, it, it it's down to, to give him those tools to question those assumptions, which obviously that assumes that the parents can already do that, which often it, the case is they can't. It's the same thing with like technology. Myself and my partner are deliciously technical. We We know what we're doing. We know how to navigate the internet. We know how to do these things. And so we give our kids more freedom than most parents would because they know, we know how it works. And there is so much, if you look at YouTube, there's a lot of arts, like um, there are certain like these kid-friendly shows which sneak into YouTube for kids. And it's like, no, they don't. 
you've got to go search them to find them. That's not how it works. They got like like bendy or I can't remember exactly what it is, but there were a various selection of that. And then you've got the parents like, oh no, this is dangerous. That is dangerous. Yes, everything is dangerous. Everything has that element, but it's about helping them to navigate that world and being part of the conversation rather than being the dictator of the conversation on things you don't fully understand. If I don't understand, I go find out because then that helps them. Two things. Firstly, I don't think it's down to the parents. I think it's down to everyone, my personal opinion. Um, so It starts with the parents, but yes, I agree. I don't know whether it starts with the parents, though, because where obviously the parents are going to do the first part of education with the child. But when they go to school, who spends more time with the kids, the teacher oh, or the parents? True. That's true, the teacher. So I but think- then how can you do that at scale? Well, how how do you get teachers to do what scale? Like get people to ask questions. Mm. Well, not being funny, everyone's gonna gonna have a phone at some point soon in the future when their kids at school. So you could ask the phone a question, and then the teacher goes, "Where did that answer come from? Oh, your phone. How do you know it's true?" <laughs> uh, a, a teacher... But that 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 gives the assumption that we'll be allowed to use phones. That's the problem. But, but, but that's my point. Like, why can't you use phones in schools at the moment? Because mm. they're going to text, they're going to do something else, they're going to not do the lesson. Do they do the lesson anyway? No. <laughs> yeah. They'll just do distractions either way. Exactly. If, if, if my little boy had access to the internet, probably he would watch a lot more um, stuff about Minecraft, sure. But also, if he had questions about what the teachers were saying, he'd look up the questions and find the answers. And but then the teachers... I mean. if, you, if you give a student, if you give someone a goal and say right get there any way you can if you say right i want you to answer these questions or i want you to give me a five minute explanation about this thing create a presentation about this thing go use the internet to figure it out everyone's going to go with different ways so some will use an ipad some will use their laptop some will use a, a phone some will use google some will use wikipedia some will use youtube and they'll figure stuff out yes they may get distracted in the process but at least they're doing the work Rather than them sitting in their classroom talking to their friends and teacher going, why haven't you done question two yet? I'm talking to whoever about whatever. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> at least they're engaged in doing something on the internet. And when you look at logging student activity, it's far easier to do that if they're on tech than if they're talking to their friend next to them. You can, privacy issues, blah, blah, blah. You can look at computers um inside of a lesson and look at the activity log of it it's not difficult if you have all the computers set up to a system you can see what they've done <laughs> you could that, that's not difficult does it mean you need a, a computer in every room maybe but i would imagine there are some people you can trust and you don't have to do it for everyone and there's a whole discussion about using tech in schools but if you give the student the ability to figure it out themselves they might find they may find something out that you didn't know about so you the teacher's going to learn other people can then have those conversations and someone go i found on my website that this i found on my website that that let's have a conversation about that okay who's right who's got the sources who's got more sources who's got better sources now we're talking about searching and referencing and research and evidence and arguments which is exactly what the educational system is trying to build critical thinkers. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, and the second point that I was going to get to relates to that. You said you're tech savvy and you understand the internet, which I agree with. Before we had our conversations, 
were you that familiar with evidence and sources and research? I don't know. No. So how do other people do do it? Like they for for your, using you as an example, I'm a parent. I understand how the internet works. I understand how social media works. I can help my child navigate the internet. <laughs> how, it's how not do... a matter. Well, yeah, it does. As in, but... as in, to me, as the child, and that until I understood enough from you, if we use me as the example, um, until I understood that, like, I would never have read sports coaching if I didn't understand that sports coaching is right on the air. Like, I didn't have any of that prior knowledge. And so when I had that prior knowledge and I understood how it applied to my individual context, now I struggle to show up on time to these calls because I'm too busy looking at the paper. Um, and I have to bring myself in early, otherwise I will forget. Um, because I'm too into what I'm reading. Once it matters, and I think that's kind of self-directed learning i guess is around making it matter and i think that is like my little boy doesn't give two flying about any any of these things but if he if he thinks he he could get something interesting out of that or something will happen for him then he'll go in there and he'll look at it for hours much like myself so when you say it matters and it does and they don't care about it they do care about the research and the evidence and the sources but they don't care about talking about the evidence, the research and the sources, because when you look at youths and children on the Internet, they will talk about gossip all the time. What is gossip? It's a source. And how do you know if the source is true? Well, they go figure it out and then they go look at the discussion, the evidence. What are other people saying about this? Gossip is evidence. It is a source. But how truthful is it? So they'll go to the news. Was it on the news? Who else is talking about it? What other big creators, sources, are talking about this? Is this true? When they see something on the news feed, they're not going to go, oh, yeah, that's true. They'll go, oh, who said that? Why did they say that? And they'll ask those questions because everyone is curious. That is research. So they care about it and it matters to them. It's just the topic that they're researching needs to matter. Yeah. So how do you find a topic that they're researching matters? Well, ask them. And this is where yeah. like teaching maths, teaching English, do it through a subject that they care about. I learned maths. And I was pretty, I found maths simple to get my head around because it was logical yeah. and that's the way my mind works. But to get some of the more complicated maths, I, I could not deal with all of the exam questions. The way I got through A-level maths was just doing loads of exams over and over because it didn't make any sense to me. So I wrote, learn, learnt the answers to the maths questions. I just knew the patterns to do, so I just did them. But my actual understanding of how math works is because I applied it to football. I looked mm. at the Premier League table and I was like, okay, how do I predict who's going to win? How many goals do they need to score? How do they work out the goals percentage, like expected goals for each match? How do they work out the percentages of where players are? Who's got a higher goal percentage? Who's got a low assist percentage? And all the numbers involved in performance analysis, I knew this like seven years later, um, all the performance analysis mathematics was being used for me to understand how algebra works. 
how differential equation works in some senses, how percentages and fractions work, because football was what I cared about. And I do care about still to a point. And I use that. And then I use that problem solving elsewhere. But inside of school, because there's 30 plus kids in a class, making that individual is extremely difficult for a teacher unless you've got tech to help you. So I wonder whether if we circle back around and connect to the top, whether GPT and stuff like like the AI itself is where it can start because AI can only give the surface level. It is biased. If we are aware of all these problems, it can still be used as a tool to support people to figure out the basic stuff. Like, for example, a good a good business example of like it's writing persuasive copy, for example. There are patterns that you need to learn. Once you learn those patterns, copy is becomes much easier because people are influenced in a similar way. Humans are blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. And so something that I've been playing with is using chat GPT with a specific prompt. The specific prompt I use, because I have it up on my tab because I've kept it everywhere, is if you... If you're able to, and if you know how to use prompts efficiently, because I've been learning this because I've been kind of interest, interested, I have literally told it to act like an ethics-driven marketer for solo business owners. And before I did that, I asked, what is an ethics-driven marketer? What is that? Because I wanted to know what he knew first. He loved that. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? Just Isn't that funny? Yeah. Like, it. What, what it knew first to ensure that actually is this what i want and then even then so i i have literally it's been it's quite amazing actually it wrote an entire sales page for me but it's not enough from then i inputted my own language and i asked it to take my own language and put it into there and then i'm going to pull it out of here pull it out of chat gpt and then write it and edit it and update it so that it fits my voice and the way I speak and the way I communicate. But it's a starting point. And in, edu- in in learning, I think this also could be used and how we could get to the point that we've been talking about today of like the chat AI does the basics. The AI does the basics. It, te- it, it gives something. And then the teachers, it's, it's almost a, I suppose it's more facilitator, I guess, or coach, because you're You're asking AI or teacher, the teacher, yeah, the teacher becomes a facilitator. And what I've what I've often seen and what I found in my experience is like the best teachers I ever had were more coaches, facilitators of learning (laughs) than actual teachers. One You're just of insulted the thing... by every teacher. <laughs> oh, I'm. I do not mean. Because I haven't actually. Every every teacher that sees themselves as helping individuals is doing what you've described as coaching because of mm. what we know. Yeah. Uh, and most teachers don't like being called a coach because a coach is a lower form teacher in the UK anyway. How is it? Yeah, yeah, because this is the argument that was happening inside of university between my degree, sports coaching, and the PGC group, so the PE teachers. They're like, no, we're a teacher. They didn't say it, but they're better than you because they're teaching a curriculum, blah, blah, blah. Um, 
but a lot of the information that they were doing is just this is how you teach the curriculum this is what the curriculum is these are the subjects you need to teach not learn like i asked a third year pgc student when i was a third year what does pedagogy mean and he said i've never heard it before i'm like you're a third year PE teacher and you don't know what pedagogy is and duh stupid yeah exactly and th- that was most of the course by the way Be- because they're not taught the, the theory behind learning they're, they're taught what the curriculum is uh, how to teach the curriculum uh, and the lessons that are required like the subject lessons and how to form a lesson and how to keep people behaved in a lesson and how to monitor behavior and how to deal with bad behavior that's the sort of stuff they're taught and you're like yeah that's basics it's like fundamentals it's like cool welcome everyone don't piss about this is what we're gonna learn (laughs) but they spent three and a half years learning that and then the other half is like placement anyway um but yeah so the the whole like teacher helping an individual i don't see them as a facilitator i see them as the teacher i see the ai as the facilitator because the environment that you just have the instructions that go through i.e the presentation the lecture whatever that can be mechanized it can be added to tech which which ai can do ai adds some uh I don't want to bring in systems theory already, but it, but it adds some levels of freedom, adds some degrees of freedom to the presentation because they can ask questions and go off on tangents, which is what everyone naturally does. Not ADHD only, everyone does. Um, some people more than others. To what line, blah, blah, blah. Categorization. But AI facilitates the direction of the lesson. Then what they, the teacher- that- rabbit hole yum yum i want to go on that rabbit hole a bit if you don't mind like do around mind. the rabbit hole oh well tough don't care it's my show too <laughs> i it's so interesting how many people when when so when people signed up for my course i actually asked them to fill out a context form so that i could get the context that they were in oh i wonder why um one marketing two it allows me to develop the course and actually answer them. And I actually replied to as many people as possible. Was not quite anticipating the 500 people that came in over the Christmas holiday. So I never replied to everyone. Well, it's Christmas. But, everyone wants to get ready for, for New Year. I know. But I wasn't, I wasn't prepared for my inbox to just fill up the context forms. And some people really did not fill out the context forms at all. And I just put na, 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 na. I'm just like, they don't bother filling it out, please. Don't waste my... Anyway, beside the point. But... A lot of people were saying similar things around, you know, like shiny object syndrome and getting distracted and following rabbit holes and all of this with the assumption that it's wrong. And I'm like, why? School. Well, yeah, school. You look out the window, you're getting distracted, you're not focused on your thing. That's bad because you're not learning what you're meant to be learning. I got distracted or I'm listening to anything else, any sort of distraction. You're not learning the content the teacher is giving you. And I'm just like, no, go, go. And and something that I'm testing out now um, with the one that I just wrote uh, last week for my newsletter is actually going down the rabbit holes and actually putting that as part of the content in there, not having like, you know, a links list, but actually going, Hey, here's the thing I'm thinking about. Like the one that the an example that I did was like, it's productivity month. Everybody is talking about how you should be and blah Getting blah blah. Done. Yeah. Driving me insane and how I think it's full of shit. 
Oh. video essay coming up on that. Can't wait. I really can't wait. I'm going to share that because it's so beautiful. And then I, I go, go down a rabbit hole and, and and the rabbit hole that I went down was was the Maslow Pyramid because it sort of relates because everyone's talking about how to be motivated and how to kickstart your year. And I'm like, here is a rabbit hole. And it does help that many of the people who are on my list categorize themselves as neurodivergent. So they automatically think that's OK, but also think it's wrong, too. So fun. I love brains. And so. They go down these rabbit holes. I have references, and I'm sure some of them got clicked. I didn't actually check. I might check to see how many people clicked the link. That's fascinating, because I can check. Hmm. That's something for me to put down later. But I am starting to incorporate the rabbit holes, because I want to normalise rabbit holes. Because I'm so tired of people saying, oh, well, I get distracted by this and distracted... Get and I have a lesson in my course about this. Get distracted as long as it's as long as you can link it to something that you're doing. Why is it a problem? If you're just switching apps for the sake of it and you're not being critical while you're doing it, then sure, fine. You want to waste up that I don't care about wasting time, but whatever. But like, figure out why you're doing it because there's a reason. <laughs> There's a reason why you are distracted. What is that reason? I agree. There's something. Hmm? I agree. My thoughts on the rabbit hole is <clears throat> like in, in my head, I've got this person walking down a road and then there's just like potholes appearing. You're like, oh, should I go down there? Should I go down there? Kind of like Alice in Wonderland, sort of dive down the hole and see where it <laughs> see where it leads you. Uh, but the I think the uh, I don't know what the right word is um, or the most appropriate word is, but the problems or limitations I potentially see with saying rabbit holes are good is they follow the rabbit hole more than the path of it that they want to go down. That is that that is so the it, point. It's knowing and... when not necessarily to stop, but mm. knowing when to put it on pause. That That's yeah. the analogy I have in my head. I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. I'm going to put that on pause. So some rabbit holes, I'm like, I'm just going to note that down in my brain dump, which is a click away because of Obsidian. I'm like, yeah, oh, exactly that's a cool what idea. I was. That is I'm what gonna, I teach. Yeah. I'm going to click and then type that out. Uh, and then if yeah. it comes back to me like 10 minutes later and I'm like, oh, actually, there's something else there. That to me is a signal that my brain is now over there. I'm going to stop doing what I'm doing now and go that way. And this is something that I realized when I'm so I've got I think I've got four up at the moment I've got one two yeah so I'm writing four essays at the moment and the, and the reason I'm writing four essays at the moment and they are all very deep essays is because I work for about two maybe three hours on one of those essays and my brain starts going oh that links with this and it gets to a point where I'm thinking more about the other essay than I am the essay I'm on and instead of punishing myself and saying, no, you have to focus here, I just go, okay, you know what? I'm going to go over there now. So I'm I'm scripting three essays at the same time whilst, re whilst researching another one. But, but Danny... You're not allowed to multitask. <laughs> it's inefficient. And to that, I say, no, it's not. Because instead of working two hours and then procrastinating whilst working for another six, I'm working 12 hours a day. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> no. I, For those on the audio who might have heard that, across, I, I zoomed in the camera because it was funny and it felt good to just do that because it was funny. But yeah. <laughs> but what I love about this is I can wake up and I can choose any of those or something else. So I'm I'm technically working on a fifth one as well. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> because we've got another one over the other side, but it's not a video essay. It's not an essay that I actually want to put into a video on the channel. It's it's about content creation. What is a piece of content and a massive document about the behind the scenes of content? I Maybe I'll make it into a video essay at some point. I don't know what story or narrative will be behind it. Um, but I'm using that as a help doc for the video essays that I'm creating. So I'm just moving across my canvas now because it's my canvas is literally like a, a murder mystery map. Um, <laughs> so what's that. going on? Uh, I've got some Obsidian features that's coming out in the video today, um, but I'll show you how I've implemented them because they're pretty cool. Anyway, um, yeah, so I have a video. I have a, a piece of content, a, a note inside of my Obsidian that I'm going through when I'm like, oh, that's cool. Or when I have a content idea, I go there, I go to my content page, my content research page, and put stuff down and see what it's related to. So even though I'm not working on the right thing, i.e. I'm not researching, I'm not scripting, I'm not producing, I'm not editing, whatever the video is, um, I'm still thinking about content creation. I'm still working because I'm thinking about different ways to use that. And Doing it this way, I've actually found because previously I was doing research on one topic and then I'll do research on another topic, research on another topic. But now I'm doing what my brain is doing with that piece of content. It's so much easier. Like I, I've scripted some of the parts of the video of the video essay, but I haven't even researched it yet because I'm like that would be a really cool graphic to help people understand how this thing works. So I'm at step three. In a video, I haven't even done the research for yet. Like I haven't even started it. It's just a topic. It's not on my my canvas, but I've got that's a really cool visual. So I'm learning how to make the visual, which is helping me learn Fusion inside of DaVinci Resolve, which is helping my understanding of content creation, which is going to help me in the future. Which is learning. Learning is not linear. It's non-linear, and it could not be more non-linear than what I'm doing. I'm going between stages, I'm going between essays, I'm going between research, and I'm doing all of this in my day. So my 12-hour day is all effective because it's all me 100% engaged in everything it is that I'm doing. I, I think that's pretty good. I mean, sometimes I work for like 20 minutes on an essay. I'm like, my, my brain is just brain. I, I, I'm, I'm gone. I, I cannot think anymore about this thing because I'm just exhausted because it's a lot of taxing effort. So it's like 20 minutes on one really complicated topic. I don't know, metastable attenuation applied inside of educational theory. Oh, something like, hell, yeah. Yeah, something like that. And I'm like, right. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to take a pause on that one. Let's go somewhere else. Let's just go through the content that I have at the bottom of the to-do sections of research and see if it applies. Let's just bung it together. And I can do that with music on. So I'm chilling out. I'm like, okay, I, I watched all of these videos about this thing. How can I put them all under one heading? And sometimes it's just, they all say the same thing in different ways. So I just have a point and then like seven videos underneath it. And that's me doing effective work because I'm condensing synthesizing sources all into one uh, you can see i've sort of gone off on a tangent do you want to actually say something now
Yes. And yeah, I think this is the, the <laughs> developing further. But yes, exactly. And this is something that I'm kind of, this is what I'm embracing this year. This is my goal for 2023, fuck that. But this is where I'm I'm working from. It is from this place of non-linearity. Non-linearity. Are you familiar with open goals? Open and closed goals? I... I ha- I have read around knowledge, but not actual knowledge. I love that you use that term. Thank you. Meta ignorance research. Uh, <laughs> pixie point. Um, uh, yeah. So open goals may be more suited to the way that you see goals, which is actually the forethinking, like where we're at with sports psychology and goal theory. Um, it's just smart goals, smarter goals, and the rest of it has been thrown out. And open goals are more appropriate for a lot of people. Oh, I've believe got... me, believe me. I have I published I thought... a podcast episode about smart goals and how much I want to kill it. I I have I look at the research behind resist... smart goals. It's funny. Huh? <laughs> look at the research behind smart goals. It's funny as to where it came from and the sources and the actual like science behind it because it's just funny. No, I don't want to. Have that. I I I I published. I published a podcast episode about smart girls and I was like, if I see another smart girl, I think I'm going to lose my shit. And then I signed up for a course as part of the bundle that I was, I was a part of. And they immediately mentioned smart girls. I'm like, I hate you. I, I will. Uns- if I, I am about to unsubscribe. And I'm like, nope, there must be value. That's, that's on my, yeah. Uh, it's on my essay list. Goals. Just in general. Just, just, just I hate it. Just, oh! just, just makes me angry. It just, it has such a specific use case. Like smart goals have an incredibly tiny use case, but everyone treats it like it's. I think it's a small context. Small context, thank you. Small context, but ah, oh, yeah. Anyway. So I, I, I want to talk because you were talking about goals in 2023 and moving forwards. I I've created like Obsidian with the dashboard that I have with the canvas has allowed me to create the environment that I want. I struggled to do it with workspaces, but it worked. It worked really well. And some of the stuff that's coming up in Obsidian, oh my god, I'm looking forward to it. But we won't get there. Um, uh, it's it's in the recap video that came out today, like Data Core. Do you know about it? No. You, you know Data View. Yes. Data Core is like Data View two The same developer of Data View is making Data Core. So it, yeah, I talk about it in the recap video that went out today. So those listening will be like last week. Um, and the the plan is to get like a, a general progress of it. Uh end of january so maybe like february we get a beta of it but yeah it's like data view but uh faster better more functions you can put embeds in it's kind of the the way that they've described it is notion inside of um obsidian but not like database folder notion like data view notion uh so metadata edit already allows you to do some of those things anyway but yeah, as a side point what where i was going with this <laughs> John is now looking, uh, is that the canvas has allowed me to create an environment that suits the way 
my work is like when I, when I zoom out, this is going to be scary. I don't think it's going to show me. No, it's not. Uh, <laughs> I've got too much stuff. For we have had requests just, just because I remember seeing something about that. We have had requests for the videos to actually share your screen. Like for the, the pod, yeah. the video version of the podcasts. Okay. I, I will share my screen. Then. People have requested it. That's the reason why I mentioned it. Because people are requesting. Oh, that's delicious. Oh, oh yummy. Which screen am I sharing? Am I sharing the Zotero? Canvas Home. You're sharing Canvas okay. Home. I was going to say, Zotero just came up on my thing. And I was like, you don't want to be looking at like 7,000 items in Zotero. Uh, <laughs> right. So, yeah. So this is what I mean by... It's everything. Like I have a video thing here and I can see mm -hmm. that's the recap. That's the recap notes. And that's the content creation file that I'm working with. But mm -hmm. this side, um, I won't get into exactly how this works, but I have essentially a Kanban board ish of all the essays. So I move it across. Oh, that's, I like that. And, and now it's added the produce bit to the fake news um, essay. So when I go into my essays, it's now got produce on it because uh, metadata, all funky stuff. I can explain how it works afterwards. But well, you will explain how that works afterwards because that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I've got like a Kanban board of where I'm at and then I've got some colors as well. So I can, when I was saying I've got four things that's going on, I have four things that's going on here and I can see uh, what I'm writing. Like I've got two scripts that I've linked at the top. That's relation property. Then I've got that one, that one, etc. So I can see where I'm at here. But I've got notes for editing. This isn't a file. It's just here's some stuff that I've seen. Like I was saying, like, oh, that's a really cool edit or a really cool transition I've seen in a video. I'm going to dump it here. Um, this is how to map out a story in content creation, but that's a story section. So it's a header inside of the content creation file, which is over here, which I've got all my other bits and bobs and research on, which as you can see, it's massive. So this allows me to see everything I'm doing at once. And obviously you've got the main, the main dashboard here, which gives me that's a video that's in four days. That's in whatever. Um, actually I can change that now to, uh, next week. There we go. Uh, tick. Cool. Um, so that should change. There we go. Done. And then we've got, I have so many funky questions right now. <laughs> People listening are like, what's going on? Yeah. I, I just added some stuff anyway. So I've, I've got the videos that are here that I can change and edit from here. I've got the longer projects I'm involved in. And then I have the essay projects all inside the dashboard. So if I want a quick overview, there it is. If I want to go deeper, I just go to the left. Here's all the essay. I don't want to go. Woohoo. I didn't want to click on that. Uh, I want to go deeper this way. I can come to the right. So, I don't have to like click through things. I can just see everything. Um, and then one of the like really small things is Caracorda. If I want to do something with Caracorda or related, I can just like jump into here, find whatever it is. And there's some chords that I'm working on for those that are watching. Uh, but it means that everything is accessible from, from the dashboard, just like any other normal dashboard. Uh, but I can zoom in, zoom out and go really deep or see an overview. I, I can see everything at once which allows me to work at every on everything and at everything at once. I'm going to stop sharing. And I, and I think this is where Notion started that for me. Mm, like yeah. That's where Notion, I think for you yourself as well, of like yeah. that discovery of like really how I function and how I operate. And then being able to not just do that, but then be able to turn it into something that really is for me. 
that really is the way that I operate and work. And seeing Obsidian and its power, you're welcome. Um, seeing Obsidian and, oh, yeah, look at you with your Obsidian hoodie, you sell out. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to say, I, did, I didn't actually buy it. I was awarded it for winning the Obsidian uh, yeah. October, just, yeah. just saying. But yeah. That's why I said it. But yeah, I've got, I've got notion team. pins that I never wear, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I was walking around with my notion uh, bag yesterday when I went to uh, Exeter to get some tea." So yeah, don't worry, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy with that. It's a good bag, huh? Traitor notion bag, meh. But notion really did start that adventure for me of figuring out the way that I work, and then Obsidian is just like such an open playground that I can now be in and play in <clears throat> and not really worry. So I had an interesting conversation with a student uh, a couple of days ago. He mm -hmm. is at the university I'm at, doing the master's degree that I already completed. <laughs> but he's helping out my football team with strength and conditioning, so in the gym stuff. Uh, and he wanted to talk to me about my injury and recovering from my injury because I injured my knee a couple of months back. Uh, so we were talking about that and he said to me how are you so organized and i just showed him my dashboard and he's like what is that so hit a bit a bit of background on him so you understand where he's coming from he's a, a hardware person like he's got all the, the computer gaming computers and mouses and then blah 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 tech stuff graphics card knows all the like the random letter shit and numbers that bung yeah he knows that stuff but he doesn't understand software very well so i explained to him what obsidian is and he it was like that sounds really cool. Could it do this? Yes. Could it do this? Yes. But what about this? Yes. How do I do? Yes. And it was just me saying yes over and over and over. Uh, and the call that was meant to be 10 minutes turned into a 40 minute call for him to go have dinner, come back, and then we spoke for an hour. So he was like, is this what you do? I was like, yeah, this is how I manage everything. And that they're, they're not going to listen to the podcast. So I'm okay saying this. They were mapping everything out in Excel. They had their life in Excel. So they had what they they were learning Excel as well. So what they'd done, they didn't know this existed. They put the first of January as a cell, and then the second of January underneath it. And they didn't know you could highlight the two, put a box, and go all the way down. So they manually typed out every day in the year going down in Excel. All 365. And then for the weekly agenda, they put Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then put all the times, all manually. And I said to him, why don't you use a calendar app? What's that? <laughs> and I was like, that, this is a master's student. Uh, so I, I explained to him what's going on. And, and he was like, do you have any videos on this? Because he knew that I did stuff on YouTube. I was like, yeah, that's what my channel's about. So he watched one of my videos um in the break apparently he watched it like on his phone while he was eating I was like, okay focus on the eating bit and he was like oh my god how did i not know about this how was i not told about this it was like students aren't told about note-taking apps in general let alone obsidian or zotero or anything like that it should be a mandatory lesson especially for university students and it's not and he was like this is stupid i'm going to binge watch your videos and i was like huh thanks um but knowing how to map stuff out expand things shouldn't be something you learn as an adult when you're fiddling around with software and technology or your life is in midlife crisis and you're like how do i organize this stuff it should be taught at school 
Yeah, but the, that that's the issue there, is that I'm not sure if it can be fully taught. How do you define taught? Mm, good point. I see taught as told what to do. I know, that's why I asked. You, yeah, I know. I know you knew. And I immediately went, oh yeah, that's what I actually meant. I did that for the camera's sake. <laughs> yeah, went, yeah. Ah, but, but that's that right there is the the metacognition that a lot of people don't recognize. Um, mm. So I knew, or well, I had an idea of what your preconception of what taught meant. And I was like, nah, nope. <laughs> but I but that is also it. the preconceived notion of the vast majority of people. Yes, because they see taught as teacher, as school, as person at front of class. Yeah. Yeah, which that's not education. Exactly. It's the way education is delivered in schools, i.e. formal education the majority of the time because of behavioral restrictions most of the time. We need 30 kids to listen and pay attention. I'm going to stand at the front of the class. Doesn't always work. Look at Finland, look at Sweden, look at Norway, look at Germany. Right? Their educational systems try it different ways and they also find success in some cases more success. Arguably on how you gauge success, but that's Pisa and a whole other conversation, video essay. Uh I'm just like, there's a video essay on that. Like, it's in my list. But I think teaching how to be organized is easy because kids do already. When they're playing Minecraft, I want to build a house. I can't build a house yet because I need the materials. So I'm going to go collect the materials. I can't be bothered to collect any more materials. So I'm going to start building the house. What part of the house can I build? That is literally organization in a nutshell and they're playing a game that reminds me of someone um who took my course and was like i have never compared my productivity to arc for people who don't know i'm not sure whether you know it's a video game it's a survival video game i have never compared my stuff to arc until now and i'm like yes absolutely yes because once you compare it to something that you like enjoy understand and can associate with you've you've won the game <laughs> because then you can just go play so this is something that uh which one is it it's that one so inside uh, the the title of the video i see at the moment is the the illusion of productivity that is subject to change but the uh, underlying sentence that I want to ask you about which I think relates to all of this is productivity is subjective right so how do you measure the subjectivity of productivity because you can say I can measure my productivity I am more productive now than I was then insert any measurable metric but if productivity is subjective, which a lot of people would agree it is, and you can make a very strong argument that productivity is subjective, but you can measure it, how do you measure subjective productivity? Is that a specific question to how do I measure it? Just, just, in, a, just in general, like, how would you go about measuring your productivity if we agree productivity is subjective? I think it stems from, for me, like productivity is that 
etymology of the word productivities and service to produce produce that word there is about like showing up in my head that there's etymology behind that which i'm not even going to go into you can look at my podcast for that but like if i am in service to myself if it is in service to me and what i wish to achieve or what i wish to do as as a measurable outcome then i am productive if it is in service to me at that moment and at that time i don't think there can be i think it is completely and utterly dependent upon the environment which obviously you will agree completely it is very environment dependable dependent and context dependent and it depends on where i'm at it depends on so many things including my energy and other different variables that influence what is high and low productivity there isn't a static number which is commonly what is like your kpis and okrs and lmnps and the alphabet of productivity it's there is a, a a purpose to that i suppose <laughs> i haven't found one yet but for me it is around is it in service to myself which is that subjective point of like am i showing up in the way that i want to show up right now if yes great if no okay now what where i'm going with this is if that number isn't objective, which I, th- I don't think it is, Mm-mm. then we can call ourselves productive or unproductive with the exact same number. Mm-hmm. You c- arbitrary a number of five. I do. Yeah. That's productive or that's not productive. And they're exactly the same thing. Yeah. Right. Which means productivity isn't something we measure. So what are the numbers that we're measuring? if it's not productivity well is it production producibility yes. profitability other words that are sort of are underlying productivity in which case when we're talking about managing our time or organizing ourselves what are we actually measuring are we measuring our productivity or our ability to produce something or gain profit of something and if we no. are yeah if we are that that's the way my mind is going then what profit levels are you looking for because when we when we think back to our minecraft or i just want to get my house done today i want to build my house today but if you didn't build your house today were you productive well yeah i was productive but you didn't produce the same thing i collected the pieces to be able to achieve this. yeah and this is that this is the thing it's like it's so much is focused on like the end mm-hmm. versus the process especially in the way that it is commonly talked about on the internet with the delicious propaganda that is surrounding the internet, especially now in the month that we're recording this of January, where basically everyone is talking about how to be productive. Oh, and New Year's resolutions, how no one ever hits New Year resolutions and you need to do this, this and this to get there and blah, blah, blah. Okay, great. Yeah, cool. Fresh start, theory, effect, whatever it is. I don't care. (laughs) I am um, the same person. Yep. Well, you're a little bit older now. And now. And now. <laughs> I'm going that way. Yes. And that way could be every direction because oh, yeah. time. 3D, come on. 3D yeah. time galaxy. What about yeah. 4D? I mean, the maths in 4D does work and it looks pretty cool, but... 
uh, how you would apply that, I'm not quite sure in a visual perspective. Have you seen the? Have you seen? Um, what's his name? It's Matt Parker has done a presentation about 4D maths. Have you seen it? No, I'm now really want to. He basically imagine like a Rubik's cube. Yeah, so you got 1D, 2D, 3D Rubik's cube. He's created a 4D Rubik's cube. So imagine a Rubik's cube, but each cube is a cube. Well, it is a square of a cube. So you need to have completed all six sides of one of the squares to complete one square of the 4D cube. But it's not technically a 4D cube. It's the shadow of a 4D cube in a 3D world because that's the way we work. It's like if you were to put a cube in a 2D world, it would look like a square. Because it now my brain hurts, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it technically wouldn't look like a square because it's moving. So it'd be like a really small dot and then it would expand out into a square and then it looked like a diamond and then it go back into because it's moving. Anyway, so yeah, 4D maths is possible. It's just very hard to visualize unless you can see the 4D shadow of the shape inside of the 3D world that we live in. Anyway, massive side tangent. The, these are the sorts of things I do for fun. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> uh, yeah, so moving all the way back to the AI stuff. Um, when we're talking about the AI's definition of productivity, right? They said, it said that productivity is subjective. You can't measure it. There are other words that relate to blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, cool. That's great. But it doesn't expand on that. No. And that's where I needed my own research. To be like, oh, I don't like that. These are some other things. And that's where I went elsewhere. And that's where I think education, excuse me, could go and say, okay, here's, I want you to have a conversation with the AI bot about productivity. Let's see where we end up. Because I think that could be a really cool experiment, <laughs> lesson for people, depending on what the focus of the lesson is. Um, stupid. But if you had 30 kids write something about productivity and what productivity means to them or what it is to them use ai to find some answers and then try and get some sources for it it'd be really interesting to see what people come up with because everyone's going to go with different directions can i be productive on a football pitch can i be productive dancing can i be productive playing an instrument like there are so many directions you could take and ai can help you navigate that and then you can use the teacher to help you navigate some sources for that and find out what's true, what isn't, some evidence to back up what is and isn't productive. What sort of values are we looking for in measuring things that's real world applicable plus doable in education? How would you test that they've learned something? Well, why do you need to test them? <laughs> why do you need to test that they've learned something? And is your ability or their ability to explore something test enough? If they didn't know how to find an answer to a question, then I would say that's a lesser ability uh, like outside of education, like after education. Like, I don't know how to find the answer to this thing, or I know the answer to this one question. Which one's better? Finding the answer to this one question or finding how finding out how to use AI to answer any question? I know which skill I would want. Yeah. So yes, AI is useful, but I think it's useful as a starting point to a conversation which requires the skills for each person using it and the skills need to be developed somewhere, somehow, some way. 
and 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 John is like, yes, yes, Danny, I agree, but I'm going to add some context to that, or I'm going to share an opinion and and do something apart from stare at my screen. <laughs> so I had an idea. Basically, it's kind of a form of critical thinking, which I'm not sure whether AI can really do. Elaborate. So what we've been talking about is taking that context and critically looking at that context and then connecting it with our own ways of thinking and our own belief systems and all of that lovely stuff, which is something that the AI currently cannot... It can just take words, as you were saying earlier, and connect the words together, and that's all it can do, whereas we can bring in that emotion, that, like... Meaning. Meaning and human context. And I was really interested, like... Let's say someone is not used to thinking critically. What do you mean? If, or people are unconfident with critical thinking. Like, let's say, like, they've been listening, oh, well, I don't really think, I just do it. What what can I, how do I think critically? And so what I did... Because I was intrigued. Like, we talk about the AI as a good place to start with. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. So my brain went, well, let's start with that. Assuming that I'm still making assumptions that people want to think critically. But if they do, why don't we ask the AI? How do I think critically? I, I, think, every, I think everyone thinks critically. It's to what degree and what comparison you've made. And also whether they, there is, I think there is also an element of like a belief in that, like whether they think they are skilled in that, whether they think they have enough skill to think critically. But that that relates to imposter syndrome, their own awareness, self-awareness, blah, blah, blah. So I think they, like everyone is a critical thinker because people can say, oh no, I don't believe that. And that is critically thinking. So I don't know what element of critical thinking you're referring to, whether it is uh, trying to find evidence for the argument they have in their head, or whether it is trying to justify the arguments they have in their head, or working out what is a more effective question to get the answer that they want, because all of those are different skills of critical thinking, which can help, depending on the result that you want, it can help the process of thinking critically. So I don't see critical thinking as a skill people don't have a need to get. I see it as a collection of skills that people can master. Think about mastery orientation. Better question. Yeah, okay. that is a good... Yeah, so it's like, where do I start? Like, How, do I, ask, how do I ask better questions? How do I ask better questions? Right. Like, what do I need to do? And so I just... Because if I'm thinking from a point of like, okay, we've been talking about critical thinking... Until right now, we didn't. The assumption is that they didn't realize that critical thinking is something we already have. So the question that you could ask is, how do I think critically? I'm thinking maybe younger generations as well, and I'm like, okay, how do I do that? And I asked, and the answers that they gave was practice questioning, gather information from multiple sources, analyze arguments, evaluate the credibility of sources, and practice reflective thinking. Now there is more context added to that, but it's not quite. Mm. that's not bad they're not wrong yeah but that's what i was saying about propaganda it's not wrong 
but it lacks context and nuance and how to apply it. So that's where you'd want to go further and say, okay, how do I become a reflective practitioner? Or how do I ask better questions? And then you'd have to explore. But the process of you asking those questions is doing exactly what you're asking to do, which is why I was like, I don't, I don't quite get why you'd ask chat GTP because it's kind of you're you're learning without knowing, which is the ideal world of learning. It's called experience uh, for <laughs> for teachers out there. They're like experience. Um, so in wanting to become a more effective, critical thinker, better questions, blah blah blah, you need to practice. How do you mm. practice by doing the thing, which everyone knows. We already know that's how we learn. Right? You you know that from like three months old when you yeah. do everything you experience everything i suck at this and you know that in your head that's not we that's not the narrative you don't know english you don't know how to speak or any sort of good bad relation it's just you know what it is you're trying to do you're not doing it so you need to practice try again try again um so we know you need to practice if you want to get better at something how you define better is obviously subjective mm. so you're practicing the thing of critical thinking by asking how you could be better at critical thinking. Like you, you are learning how to do it by doing it. So I don't see asking that question as a good starting point. I would see asking a question that you want to find the answer to a better starting point, because if you ask how to become a better critical thinker, you're going to end up thinking about how to think, which is fine. But you're not actually going to practice it. Mm, you're just going to end up in a big circle. <laughs> yeah, you're going to end up in a big circle. Mm. So it's more about like asking the questions and practicing and trying it out, I suppose. Well, the thing, the thing about your son, like, if if he wants to be a better critical thinker, is he going to ask how how do I ask better questions, mm. or is he more likely to go? How do I do this in Minecraft? How do I make this better in Minecraft? How do I make those things look like that with this in Minecraft? And yeah. you can see the, the evolution of those questions are better questions because they are more specific, they're more nuanced, they, they add context. So just by him exploring something he's interested in, he's practicing the critical thinking because the answers he's getting are not the answers he wants but he doesn't quite know what he wants so he needs to reframe the question and that exactly is the environment that teachers educators need to create they create an environment for the student to use the affordances ai and the constraints the ai's answer machine <laughs> to figure out a skill or develop a skill master a skill to get them to where they want to be and that is ecological psychology and ecological dynamics in practice that is a way to put it inside of learning but mm. yeah it's interesting i'm That's excited to see it. what happens well you'll, you'll be like excited that. for a few years because they still teach learning styles it's it's kind of like a a small goal of the video essays channel because it's focused on educational science is to try and change the educational systems <laughs> but i have no idea how to do that <laughs> Educational yeah. systems are so biased. They're so riddled in politics and policies and traditional ways of doing things that. Ugh. Yeah. 
I follow the uh, the Department of Education in the UK on Twitter and the amount of stuff they share. I'm like, you do realize this isn't education that you're sharing. You're you're sharing business politics. <laughs> but yes, yeah, it's the way you should they look work. at the business research. I really don't want to look at business research. No, you don't. <laughs> I, I, I remember re- when we were talking about like, oh, why didn't you go into business research? And I look at it, I'm just like, no, no. I did. I just did a couple. And I'm just like, no. What even is this bollock? <laughs> but that's exactly what someone needs to do. Someone needs to go. This research sucks because this, 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 and this. Yeah, that's true. And if no one does it, people are still going to do that, 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 and that, which are the problems. But who's going to be the yeah. one to step up, John? I... <laughs> I just spend my time bitching the entire... I mean, to be fair, it's already kind of... I, I have my battle. <laughs> the thing is, to be fair, a lot of people share about the, the things that are wrong with business. And, but but talking about it is one thing. Doing stuff, actually doing the better thing, is the difference. And how to um, remove the things that aren't as good, like the Ponzi schemes and the rest of it. I don't know whether you watched James Janney, but he did a video recently uh, about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and how it's a scam. And it's a really good video essay. I call it a video essay because it's a, it's an essay that he's put video graphics to to make it more engaging to watch. But it's really educational, really interesting. There are some points in there I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure about, but that's the whole point of a video essay is to trigger conversation. Yeah. Uh, the problem is the people that do the crypto, the, the Bitcoin and all the other stuff, the NFTs, blah, blah, blah. Though Those people will still do it if people still buy into it. Which means education, worldwide education, needs to be given about these topics. But it's not given in education because education is built on a curriculum that follows rules and stuff from five, ten years ago. So people... And that's generous. That's generous. Yes, I know. Um, But that's because teachers change the lessons. The curriculums are still built like years ago, but teachers change the lessons which I'm going to give some credit to a lot of teachers because they do. They do yeah. what they can with what they have. The system's so shit, which is why I didn't become a teacher. <laughs> but um, the the education for those topics needs to be somewhere. And the only place you're going to find it is social media. The social media is full of propaganda. So how do you know what's, what's true, what's not true? And it, it's a world that education needs to teach about. The, the school system, the formal system needs to teach about, and it doesn't. Yeah. And that that's all that's all I wanted to do. <laughs> Just modernize educational yeah. systems. Just a small thing. Yeah, exactly. Or a better idea, modernize the curriculum. But that's way too much work. But it's not. It's already been created. The modernized curriculum has already been created. The teachers are already out there. The content's already out there. The sources are already out there because that's what we already use to make the curriculum that we've got. <laughs> All you'd need to do is shape the lessons. How do you shape the lessons? By changing the testing. But then but where's yeah. the money going to come from? Why do you need the money? 
That, that, that's the thing. The government, yeah, like, oh, it, we need money to fund the schools. Okay, why do you need the money? We need the money because of oh, the schools need to have school meals. Why do the school? Why do the school need school meals? Because the parents can't pay for blah blah blah. Okay, well, if we don't have the school, we don't have to fund the school because it's online and with internet. There's less money going in there. I.e., businesses and facilities. Where can the money go? Oh, parents, so they can buy food. <laughs> Yes, obviously, there's loads of other stuff behind it. It's much more complicated than that, and the economy is broken at the moment. But it's there are solutions out there that are radical changes, but those radical changes take time to plan, take people to actually engage in, and take a lot of work, and people don't want to put the work in because it's hard. Hello, education. That's the whole point of education, doing stuff hard to make changes. And breathe, hypocrites. Oh, so some some of the scripting that I've done for some of these things, I'm like, I can't say that. I can't say that. no. I am gonna say that. <laughs> I cannot wait. Are they actually still? Are they actually accessible on your notes? Because that's kind of intriguing. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're even on my publish. Just you'd have, to, you'd have to find the you'd have to find the notes, but yeah, some some of the points and comments I've put in, I'm like. I might have to reword that a little bit, but that's the general gist. <laughs> Use ChatGPT to reword it. No, I've tried it, and all it does is it, it it waters it down and brings out all the context. I'm like, no, I I want this to hit hard. That's the point. And yeah, yeah it's going to be con conflicting. There's going to be arguments, but that's the whole point. The whole point is to spark arguments and be like, okay, we want change. We want this to change. And at the end of the day, the only way you're going to get change is to get a movement and people that are actively trying to make change. And there are some people trying to make change, but I don't think they have the platforms that they want. So that's, I mean, I'm not there. I don't have a platform. But if someone in educational science was to have a platform to make change, that'd be good. I mean, a perfect example is Philosophy Tube. They created a philosophy channel. They talk about um, rights of different genders because they are transgender. And yes, they speak about philosophy and it's very interesting and really interesting thoughts and directions they go in. But they have a platform and they use that platform to try and make change in the health systems of the UK because that's where they're from. Because they have the platform that the government can't just ignore. They're like, oh, we're, we're going to ignore this random person that's bitching, uh, bitching to us. You can't ignore a 3 million plus YouTube channel that gets millions of views per video as easily. You can still ignore yeah. them, but it's certainly not as easy. Yeah. Yeah. But we don't have one of those channels on YouTube for education yet. It's what Danny's going to do. Yeah, just give me a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of learning and a lot of frustration. Oh, yes. It's, it's more of a lifelong goal than a, oh, yeah, I'll do that in 2023. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Maybe 2033 we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> if we're still around by then, global global climates and, and the rest of it. Yay. But, yeah, now that we've uh, destroyed the planet, we've, we've corrected the educational system, Um, I think that's good for a first episode of 2023. Yeah, welcome back. Did you think it was going to be lighthearted? No. <laughs> <laughs> Diving deep quick. Right. Yeah. What happens when we have a break for three weeks? Yeah.
a long episode <laughs> about real deep shit. Oh, and the reason my language is like this is because my language, when writing these essays, I've I've been swearing out loud so I don't have to write it in the words. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Signing off.